1: Welcome to that. We don't have enough time. We are in a rush. I'm letting everybody in on uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, technically, you creepers have been very patient with us and we appreciate it. We had a whole episode done for you, but the curse decided to come back and said that audio is unusable. So uh, we had a full episode that I was very happy with. And, uh, You'll never get there.
0: (laughs) We're going to try to do it again in the future. We're going to give it some time to breathe. But it was one that Carter brought. So, uh, you know, he'll bring it to us again. And hopefully by then we can react accordingly. But you record through Zoom as well, right? So have you ever had issues where it did what it did? Like these little chop up things when you're talking, all of a sudden it chops and skips and it doesn't make any sense. Well, this went on for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And it was like, wow, wow. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you just can't use it. Yeah, um, most of the time, overall, Zoom's been just fine, but yeah. Uh, So this is That's Odd. Uh, We apologize again for the lack of audio. We've tried, I promise you. (laughs) Good God. Good God. We've just had all kinds of issues, including today. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, Chris, (laughs) uh, my story comes to you from the year of uh, 19. Well, it's in the 1970s.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to let you choose the year that mine comes from. You can either choose 1984 or between 1546
1: and 1548. Wow.
0: Let's go to the 1500s or yeah. 1520, whatever it is. It's in the 1500s. Yeah. All right. So my story, have you ever heard of the Doddleston messages?
1: No, but I'm intrigued
0: back in 1984, uh, in Doddleston, England, um, there was this guy named Ken Webster. He was a professor at one of the local colleges. He and his wife uh, lived in an old farmhouse um, with a a lodger. They had a friend that lived with them. Um, His name was Ken. His wife's name was Debbie and uh, Nicola Nicola or Nicola, Nicola Nicola. I believe is, was a friend in the 1980s you know, computers were just starting to really come up where you, you had them in schools. It was rare, but some people had them in their homes. And so he ended up borrowing a computer from his IT department to bring home because Nicola wanted to work on writing sketch comedy scripts. Um, and the, 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 the computer they used was called a BBC microprocessor. It was the kind that can't connect to the internet. Um, it was one of these things where when you wrote everything on there, you had to save it on a floppy disk. Cause if you didn't and you shut it off, everything disappeared. Right. So, so it, it didn't have memory to hold information. You couldn't have internet, you know, in any way to communicate with a computer whatsoever. It wasn't on any kind of network one night, the three of them come back from one the pub and they notice a very strange message on their on the screen. And this is what it says. It says, Ken, Debbie, Nick, True are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. They had no clue what that was. And they were at first like, you know, maybe, you know, somebody had saved something on the floppy disk and they didn't realize it. They thought it was a blank disk, but maybe somebody had saved something. So they kind of ignored it. A couple of months later, they came back from like the grocery store, wherever it was. And again, there was writing uh, this time. It said, what strange words thou speak. Although I must confess that I have also been ill schooled. Sometimes me thinks alter alterations are somewhat barful for they break my uh, many sleep in my bed. I have seen many uh, alterations. Lastly, charge house in thy home tis a fitting place with the lights which devil maketh. So they're like, what is going on here? It
1: almost sounds like, you know, today when you try to do the talking, talking text thing where you talk to your phone, it's supposed to text out what you're saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, so he's he's kind of, you know, bewildered, um, Ken. So he ends up printing it uh, and bringing it to one of his colleagues at the college who teaches like medieval English and all that stuff. And. The guy reads it and he's like, this is like old English. And so he wants to study it and see what's going on. Meanwhile, uh, a couple of days later, they come back to another message. And basically what ends up happening right now is they start having an interaction with somebody, leaving them a message. The messages are coming across from somebody named Lucas in the 1500s, who he says he can hear and feel them moving things around because it's kind of like to him, it's a ghost. He thought ghosts were talking. And so he started what he started doing when he started hearing the ghosts talking. he started writing into, uh, into a thing that he called the, a box of lights. He started writing into that and realizing that these people were responding to his writings. So then Ken's like, all right, well, let me write back. So he starts writing back to him. And what ends up happening is a couple of years long. Well, no, it's probably about a year long um, of interaction, right? It's like, it's like, uh, emails or, or back in the day when you had, um, what do you call it? When you wrote out, wrote to somebody in another country and they're pen pals, right? Pen pals. Yeah. And, in interacting back and forth, they're realizing that this guy lives in the 1500s. Um, you know, they, they question him and he answers wrong. He says, you know, King Henry, I believe it was King Henry the eighth is, is pr- the King at the time. And then he said the guys, the King's age and the age was wrong. But then it comes back that Lucas is just trying to test them to make sure they weren't messing with him, that these were really people from the past uh, or from uh, or from the future. So he asks, he basically asks them, you know, where where are they? And when Ken responds 1984, Lucas's response back is, whoa, I thought I was talking to the people that brought this box to me and they were from 2109. (laughs) Right. So this is like back and forth. And. Ken's like, okay, what's going on here? He tries to get his his friends in on this to try to figure it out. They start leaving messages on the thing and and, and then going in the room, like another room to make sure they're all together and no one goes in and responds. And then they go back in and there'd be a response. Um, They ended up bringing in a paranormal society from America to come and investigate. They investigated for a, a few different times, two or three times, but they didn't find any ghostly activity. They couldn't figure this out. So then Ken thought, what if we tried to contact the people from 2109? And so he types in there, you know, calling 2109. And when they come back at, at another day or, or whatever it is, they see a message. And this time it's from the people in 2109. And they're basically saying that what's going on is, is is an experiment. Don't mess with this. Stop trying to interact. You know, don't, don't do these things. Uh, they're trying to work with uh, this guy, Lucas, um, in, in the 1500s. And now it becomes this kind of bizarre, like, triangle of the future, the present, and the past all interacting with each other, right? Yeah. This whole time, they're experiencing all kinds of paranormal activity in their home. They walk in the house and chairs will be stacked on each other, balancing on one leg. You know, they'd have utensils, pots, and pans all stacked and towered on top of each other. But you've seen Poltergeist, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember that scene when all that stuff was stuck up on top yep. of the chairs?
1: Yep. So That's one of the horror films I have seen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're in, a, they're dealing with this. This is what they're seeing. Right. And no matter what though, they tr- They try to, they try to document it, take pictures and stuff. It just never works out. The things fall before they can get a picture. Anytime they go near it, whatever stacked ends up falling over. Um, and so they're really trying to figure out what's going on. One day Lucas writes back and says, so I haven't been completely honest. My name isn't really Lucas. My name is Thomas so-and-so and and I live in this town. You know, the people from the future brought me this light box and he starts to describe his home and his home is literally the farmhouse they're living in. So now they know that he, you know, was once an owner of this, this land. And in this interaction, Lucas lets them know that the townspeople think he's a witch now because of this light box and they're going to come and arrest him. And then what ends up happening is all of a sudden they start interacting with I believe it was the sheriff. So whoever it was that, you know, arrested this guy, or maybe it was a friend of Luke, uh, Lucas, Lucas, Lucas slash Thomas. Right. But they're basically saying, yeah, he was arrested. Um, he's going to be put on trial. And, you know, I don't know what else to do about it. Blah, blah, blah. And in 1984, Ken and his friends are just like, holy cow, like we've gotten to know this guy what can we do to try to like change this? Right. So they decided to give the friend this information about the future, about the past that hadn't happened yet. Like I forgot what it was. It was something to do with the King. And, and I don't know if it was somebody who had wronged him or, or had, you know, turned on him, whatever it was, they gave this information saying, use this, use this as a bartering so that, you know, you can free him from prison. Yeah. Didn't work. He stayed in prison. He went, uh, he went on, uh, before the judge or the the whatever they call, they ended up putting him in house arrest. So he went back home and now he's still interacting with the box, but he's now telling them I'm going to have to leave. I'm going to have to go away soon. Um, you know, I, I've grown to really care about you like you are my friends. And it really made me think about, like, the early days of Internet when you really got to know somebody just yeah. through chat and you felt like you knew them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's what he's saying. He's like, I, you know, I feel like I know you. I hope you, I hope one day we meet, he says, I'm writing a book about all these experiences and hopefully you'll, you know, and, and Ken tells him, well, I'm writing a book too about this. And they're like, well, hopefully at some point, you know, in time we'll meet and share our books. And, uh, and then that was it. And then the 2109 people were just like, you know, we really need you to stop messing around with this. A couple of investigators come by um, because Ken's just like, telling all these people this is happening and so some investigator local investigators come by and they decide they want to interact with people from 2109 and so they they wrote down a question they put it in an envelope uh and then they sealed it and then they typed it out on the thing and then no one else was allowed to go near it and the response that came back answered the questions they had and they looked at ken and they're just like hmm, i mean ken knew the questions ahead of time as well right yeah. So the one investigator decides to set to do this. He goes, you know what? Here we go. If you're from 2109, what is the answer to this theory? And it's like some complex mathematical theory that in 1984 hadn't had an answer yet. The response that came back was, before we give you this answer, uh, we need to know. You know, um, if if oh is are you willing to lose your 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 mind? your, your, your body, like all this, like, like if you get this answer, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to change everything. Are you willing to take this step in 1984? Cause you're not ready for it. And, uh, dude was like, no, I don't think I'm going to do this. (laughs) And it kind of just dies off there. Right. The guy ended up writing a book. Um, it's, you know what, let me look it up here. Um, it's called the vertical plane. And it documents all of this stuff, the interactions he writes out all the different uh, texts and interactions. They had some of the texts that got deleted or lost. He just tries to do from memory, but he talks about all of this paranormal stuff. The fact that his wife had dreams about this guy, Thomas in the the 1500s where she was actually interacting with him and he was talking to her. Um, He writes about all this stuff. So there was a BBC, um, a BBC special that was kind of like unsolved mysteries, where they decided to investigate this, they put on the whole thing so you could watch the dramatization play off, and then they decided to go and talk to people. So they talked to Ken and his wife, who didn't want to be revealed. So you all you saw was their backs while they were talking to the question, the guy questioning them, and they said, you know, yes, this is definitely real. This all happened to us. They talked to the friend, the the guy that worked in the the um, his colleague that was looking at the writing, and the guy was like, oh, it's it's real. You know, I can't believe it, but it was real. Definitely not a hoax. Because if it was a hoax, I would have known about it. Um, but then they took it to, they took the writings to a few uh, of their own experts. And there was one linguist, one expert in, in the language that talked about how all the writing that was, was happening here was, was not the right, like way they spoke in the 1500s, even though it sounded close to it, it wasn't, it wasn't done right. Like the way things were written was grammatically incorrect. Like they wouldn't have just, that's just not how they would have spoken at that point. And then what they did is they did an analyzation of the writing of of this guy and then Ken's book, right? And they found something about like putting an adjective before a verb. Ken did it 36.6% of the time. And in the writings of Thomas slash Lucas, he did it 36% of the time. Hmm. And, oh no, I'm sorry. It was 60, like 60 something percent of the time, 60 something percent of the time, right? They matched. But then when they took actual writings from that era and did the analyzation, you would typically see adjectives before verbs about 30% of the time. So right, it's yeah, it obviously evolved you know, to where we started doing it more as we spoke. So there was always this thing of like... Is this a hoax? This guy, this is, there's too much saying that this is not realistic. This guy's claiming that it's real. He's also claiming that, look, this guy wrote a book in the 1500s. At some point, we'll come across that book and we'll see, you know, it'll, right. it'll show. But yeah, that's the, uh, that's the story of the Doddleston messages, 1984, basically, you know, pen pals into the past and the <laughs> yeah. future,
1: warnings from the
0: future, dude. Would, yeah. how would you take that if you got them coming through all kind of like, dark and cryptic
1: you would think they'd be just as excited to talk to people from the 1980s too right like that's still kind of wild
0: maybe because but they seemed very kind of cold like we're this is an experiment we're doing something you know what i mean like almost and it almost makes me feel of because you know there's that that idea that theory that this is all a simulation and somebody's running a simulation do you know what i mean wouldn't that be weird if it was from the 2100s that's running all this and they're like (laughs) stop (laughs) stop mucking around
1: yeah you're gonna mess things up all right Weird, well, huh? Pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. Well, let's go to something else that's pretty uh I dare say dark and cre- and uh Ooh. creepy for sure. Ooh. Uh Chris, when I say the silent jump film you say oh Oh so yeah, yes, we'll we'll do that. Uh Chris, when I say the silent film era, what movie star do you think of? Charlie Chaplin. Boom. Thank you very much. All right, April, Buster Keaton. there you go, uh, but we're talking about Charlie Chaplin today, April 16th, 1889. Sir Charles Spencer Chaplin Jr. was born better known, of course, as Charlie Chaplin. Uh, he was a comic actor, filmmaker, composer, and arguably arguably, was one of the most famous actors in the era of silent film. I guarantee you uh, that you've at least heard the name or nope. you've seen his picture for, for sure. sure. Yeah for sure
0: when do you think that's gonna kind of fade away because you know the farther and farther we do get from it like maybe we we know it as much but like if we went to an eight-year-old kid today and said do you know who this is like at you know, eight like
1: in i 2100 know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the 2100s i don't know well let's ask our computers and maybe we'll get an answer um, <laughs> his career actually spanned more than 75 years it's impressive it's really impressive Uh, His childhood was actually fairly rough. He, uh, his father was never there Um, and his family, you know, it's just a single mother and the family was fairly poor. Uh, And I mean, it was so poor that before he was even nine years old, he was sent to a work, a workhouse, a work, a workhouse. And basically that's uh, he's sitting there twice. And that's basically a place in England where back then uh, kids, really young kids could get jobs. That's literally yeah. what it was. was yeah. Put them to work.
0: Because they needed to bring money home, right? Because yeah. poor families, I mean, even they'd send the kids to work to bring money in.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's so that's what was happening. Uh, thankfully, when he got older, he found uh, that he was an entertainer. He found his calling. Uh, he would go on to star, write, produce, direct, and edit and, comp- and compose his own music for most of his own movies. Oh, wow. Uh, and he did this for a long time, of I didn't course. Know that. Yeah. He actually did his own music. That's the, I didn't know that either. Uh, But let's move on to later in his life. He would actually end up moving to Switzerland with his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And there's a lot of, I've read many different reasons why he moved. Uh, We might have to do another thing on it. It's kind of fascinating. Uh, On Christmas day in 1977, when he was 88 years old, he would pass away and he would get laid to rest in a Swiss cemetery. Two months later, just two months later, the police will be investigating the grave robbing of one of the world's most famous people. Wow. All right. Chaplin's widow. And I am not going to pronounce his name right. <laughs> uh, Una. It's O-O-N-A. I'm going to assume I'm close. Una. And would actually receive a ransom demand for $600,000, which obviously be a lot more in today's money.
0: What was it that they took? Did they take his body or did they take a yes. lot of, Oh, they took the body. That's took messed the body. up, dude.
1: Yeah. They took the actual body. Uh, she would refuse to pay, uh, and she said that if she, she said that uh, Charlie would have found this all this whole thing ridiculous, and he wouldn't have paid either. <laughs> so she's like, "I'm not paying this." Uh, and here's a little bit of uh, background on this stuff. Uh, Una and Chaplin were actually married in 1943. He was 54 at this time; she was 18. Wow, that's a
0: humongous age difference. I mean, that does still happen today, but. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's still kind of shocking when you see it, right?
1: Yeah, like I'm in my upper thirties and just talking to somebody in the early twenties, I cannot relate to them all whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so. Right? Like how did they, <laughs> <what>
1: the
0: <laughs> hell did they talk about
1: back then? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I'm not saying that you, know, you can't get along with people. Obviously, you know, yeah. you can have friends of different ages, but yeah, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're gonna have a really serious relationship. Uh the reason they moved to Switzerland, uh one of the reasons we're gonna just t- kind of talk about it. A Chaplain, this was back when uh, they were kind of accusing people of being either a communist mm-hmm. or a sympathizer of the commies, as mm-hmm. they say. And he got caught up in all that. So he's like, screw it. I'm going to Switzerland. Screw you guys. I'm getting him. Switzerland, of course, famously, uh, always in the middle, like they're pacifist. They'll never get involved. So now back to the do they have po-
0: do they have police in Switzerland? Because does a crime go down and they're just like, I mean. We're not taking sides here. Shop owner, <laughs> it's up question. to you. Do they have
1: court? Like
0: <laughs> We're not taking sides. Judge, what do you say?
1: You know, judge is like eh, I'm, not, I, I'm not
0: they they go to the jury. They're like, I mean, we're not going to say.
1: <laughs> they go to judge. I I'm, I'm staying out of this. <laughs> that's that's a good question. I want to know how that all that works. Uh, after a 5 week police investigation they would go on to arrest two auto mechanics. Uh, Roman Wardus and, uh, and Ganov and I'm assuming I pronounced that wonderfully perfect. perfect, would lead the police later on to Chaplin's body. They were the two that had done it. Uh, apparently, they had gotten the idea because uh, not too long before that, I think it was in Italy or somewhere they'd read in the paper, Uh, A very similar thing happened with someone who wasn't near as famous. And they were like, well, if we get somebody famous, Charlie Chaplin, that's a big name. uh, We're going to make some uh, money. Right. That's what they were thinking. Uh, They had buried, they had reburied the body in a cornfield. And ironically, this this was only like one mile away from Chaplin's family home. So they were just right around the corner.
0: Imagine, like, it's like during season two and corn was growing from underneath them. Like, that corn is more expensive now because it was like fertilized by Charlie Chaplin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gotta put that on the label. An FT, yep. baby. Yep. Uh, Wardus was considered the mastermind of this whole thing. It was his idea. And he would go on to get sentenced to four and a half years hard labor. That was his sentence. I guess that means like back yeah, in always, the day,
0: that was the thing, tough. right? You didn't yeah. go to prison. You were like breaking rocks. You exactly. Were like yeah. out there digging ditches, putting down rail.
1: Yeah. That's what I keep thinking of. Like a breaking rocks thing. Yeah. Uh <laughs> What was and, the point
0: though, too? Was what, what was, what were those rocks used for? Was it just like nonsense? They're just like, Hey, just make them break rocks all day.
1: That's a good, I don't know. Maybe they use the granite or whatever for something later, but interesting. Uh, I don't know. It was just tough work. Uh, his partner in crime, uh, would only get 18 months. Um, Chaplin's body would actually go to be reburied, but this time uh, they put it, his body in a concrete grave so that couldn't happen again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's pretty wild. It really reminds me I can't remember if we talked about it on this show. Uh, I think I did. There was an attempt on Abraham Lincoln's body yeah not not too long after he w- had passed away. Uh, that was luckily not successful. But this is not, you know, unusual, uh, mm-hmm. especially years ago. Uh, a lot of people made some money off of this, like going in, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. You can go in and engrave and Rob and you can not only make money off whatever's on the body, but with the body too itself. Yeah.
0: yeah you sell yeah. those to
1: schools and stuff during this time and all kinds of things and you make yourself a nice little weird living. <laughs> and then, you know, it's also
0: been done. In a way where people don't call it grave robbing, but in the name yeah. of science or or education, you know what I mean. Like, we literally pull sarcophaguses out, you know, like Egyptians from their tombs, so that yeah. we could d- display them. We pull the gold, we pull all of their belongings out. Yeah, it's technically <laughs> grave robbing. We're not leaving You're it right. to rest in peace.
1: You're right. I don't know why I never thought about that. You're totally right. It's kind of weird. If you and think they're about like, it. oh, it's okay because we're academics
0: those guys they're just trying to make money off of
1: it (laughs) that's really weird if you think about it right we put them on display for people to go see and that's not their intent they just wanted to be
0: like like imagine that dude like your thing is i want to be buried right you don't want to be cremated you decide you want to be buried and in your mind that means you're in the ground until you know the world ends right not one point of view is like I'm signing off and okay with if they pull me out at some point, pull me in a glass case and say, Here's yeah. the great Johnny Townsend yes. yeah. of History Creeps fame. Because
1: be like, uh, oh, you God. ever seen Futurama where like yes. all the, the famous people's heads are in <laughs> jars? <laughs> <Yeah>. or, exactly, <laughs> man. Can you imagine like that,
0: that though? Like, i it's it's uh, it is funny though. It's funny how, in the name of, of academia, it's like, ah. Yeah this is okay
1: yeah that's kind of how it's sort of been you can sort of get away with a lot of stuff if you say it's in the name of uh uh, you know learning or whatever it may be yeah but that's the story of charlie chaplin's body uh being grave robbed uh two quick little
0: tales we wanted to make sure to get in because as johnny said you know we had we've had some trouble in the past uh, honestly past three or four weeks now just trying to get it out um and oh it's so frustrating very my upset. whole thing at the beginning of the year was like, "Oh, we're gonna be good. We're not missing a week." And 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 then the history creep curse is like, "Here, hold my beer."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the curse says, uh, "Not so fast, fellas." I've <laughs> still got to say in some stuff. Um, um, but we uh, but we appreciate all you sticking with us. <laughs> it means a lot, uh, man. Uh, hopefully, things will get better from here. We yeah, we're hoping. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we shall see. see. I don't want to make any promises ever. Yeah. Again.
0: <laughs> yeah no more promises. Yeah. You know, we're just going to do our show. If you're yeah. here, we love you. Thank you.
1: If you're uh, not, we totally understand.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you're not even hearing this. So awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. Win-win yeah. for
0: everyone. <laughs> yeah. We feel better because we're addressing it. They're just not listening.
1: Yeah yep uh, this is pure therapy <laughs>
0: for us. exactly exactly oh man um i think next week we're, we might be doing another that's odd if not we're coming back with carter for that stories it's gonna be one of the two
1: yeah um, whichever whatever happens uh, yeah. uh we're again making no promises
0: <laughs> you know what it won't even be next week uh probably in april we'll yeah. see you guys <laughs> with a
1: new episode oh good god we're awful. Yeah, uh, man. But uh, thank you for listening. All you creepers out there. We very much appreciate you. Uh, and all you who reach out and share uh, creepy stories or, or just things. Uh, we appreciate that, too. Uh, Even if you're a you
0: part of the stories we've talked about and you've reached yeah. out. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Tone it down a little. Don't don't yeah. come so strong. But cool. Thanks for listening. Just yeah, realize. If you're, if,
1: yeah. If you're going to get upset with a with a man who obviously can't even pronounce names well, uh, <laughs> like myself, I do not know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about that on the next episode as a current creep.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It's going to be amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, but uh, for Chris, I'm Johnny. Uh, let's uh, get out of this Creeper Clubhouse. I'm we, we got here. stuff to do today. Let's go. Let's Pizza. get out of here. I'm Charlie Chaplin. That's what he would always say. <laughs>
0: And this you're has not- been. Oh, you're not even gonna say that's odd. It's just the silent film part.
1: No, it's just Charlie. We just oh, play this the sound. Song- this is my impression of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> In case you didn't get it, he just said, "That's or you should just stay odd."